0: Good afternoon, everyone. This is Minister JC Arday with Rising Hope Ministries, and this is Rising Hope Ministries State of Your Faith Devotional. I greet each and every one of you. In the blessed name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, may... may, I greet each and every one you in the blessed name of our Lord Jesus Christ. May his grace and his favor rest and abide on our lives today. I'm sorry. I got a little bit distracted there for one moment. I hope you guys are having a blessed and wonderful, thankful Thursday up to this point so far. And man, I'm ready to get into into today's topic. But before I do, let's do our acknowledgments and take care of some, uh, a little bit of housekeeping for one moment. So, Hey, if you're on Facebook, if you're on YouTube, if you're on Twitch, go ahead and say your good afternoons. I'll be more than happy to acknowledge you and wish you a good afternoon. If you, uh, for those of brothers and sisters who are on Roku, Apple, uh, Amazon TV, on a mobile app on our website, you can't say hi to us, but we can take this time and say good afternoon to you. We appreciate you tuning in and being a part of today's broadcast. No matter where you are, we really do appreciate you and we thank God for you. Uh, uh, So for our housekeeping, let me go ahead and put that down there on the bottom. So listen, brothers and sisters, during the broadcast, if I say something you have any questions about, on the bottom of the screen, you will see Um, a a ticker going across and that will have a way for you to email your questions, your concerns, or even make a comment. I will be reading those emails and a lot of times I will respond to your questions on the next broadcast if they're in context of what we're talking about but for those of you while you're listening to this broadcast if you feel like you're in need of prayer please go ahead and email us at prayers at org. that's also scrolling at the bottom of the screen we will respond to your emails <clears throat> We appreciate you. We thank God for you. And we just want to let you know that we are here to pray with you or pray for you. And, and, and we do thank God for each and every one of you. We thank God for all your questions and all your concerns. I'm sorry. Let me put this on silent. We thank God for all your questions and all your uh, concerns and all your comments that you do send. Uh, We get about seven to eight of them after every broadcast, so we do appreciate uh, those brothers and sisters who send those broadcasts. Man, let's get into today's topic. I'm going to open this up with a word of prayer, and then we will hop into today's topic please pray with me. Heavenly Father, we come before your throne of grace on this day. We come to give you all glory and all praise, and we thank you for this opportunity to have lunch with you during this one o'clock hour. Now, Heavenly Father, allow me to decrease and you increase in me. Allow your word to flow from on high through me to these, your people. Allow me to speak your truth and your truth alone. Let me not add anything to your word, nor take anything away from your word, but to deliver your word as you have given it to me with love, with grace, and with mercy we thank you for this word only father because we know it will not return to you void now only father let me stay humble not only before your throne of grace but also before the people to whom you've called me to serve in jesus name we pray amen well brothers and sisters let's get into today's topic and we're still going to continue i'm going to call this the application phase let me so yesterday we were talking about this is what Christianity is. For the last couple of weeks we've we've hammered home what Christianity is not. So just for a real brief synopsis, it's not just us going to church, showing up on uh, showing up to church on Sunday and on Wednesday. It's not just showing up to church on Christmas, Easter Day, or Mother's Day. It's not just saying the prayer of salvation, but not allowing anybody to hold us accountable to the change that we just said that we wanted to make understanding that when you do say the prayer of salvation that is an acknowledgement that you need to make a change in your life and that you're willing to be held accountable to make that change so these are the things that that we understand we understand that God is not a genie for us to just show up in church and say God I want and walk out of the building expecting to receive the thing that we just said we want but we haven't talked to God before then we hadn't talked to the God before we got into trouble. We ain't talked to God before we decided that we wanted something. But too many times we feel like, oh, we need to just need to go to church and say, I believe. And, and magically, I have money in my bank account. Or magically, I'll get that new car. Or magically, the person that's been uh, uh, um, attacking me will just fall off a cliff. It doesn't work like that. Christianity is not this a uh, magical thing, but it is a lifestyle change. So we want to take this time and talk about what Christianity is. And so we started off with selflessness. Christianity is selfless, right, because our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, was selfless. We went through the scriptures on yesterday, which showed in examples of him being selfless. But when I talk about application, it's good to go into the Bible, read the Bible, understand the Bible, study the Bible, and and, and, and get an understanding. But like I've been saying for the, all this year about being Christian, it's about knowing who Jesus Christ is, learning his teachings, and also applying them to our lives. So good. Yesterday, we talked about it. Um, I believe that we agreed and touched on it, that one of the key uh, uh, undertones to being a, a Christian is the being selfless. But how do we apply that to our lives today? How does that look like? What does that look like Today, how can I be a selfless Christian and, uh, and and what are the benefits and how does that manifest? How does God manis, manifest himself in our lives because I am being selfless? So let's go ahead and take a deep dive into how we can apply this uh, uh, tenet of being selfless. Right. So I want to bring back to our memory, the scripture, one of the scriptures from yesterday. And I just want to start here for one moment. I'm going to bring up. I'm going to bring back two scriptures. I'm going to start here first. And that is Philippians chapter two, verses three and four. And Paul writes to the church in Philippi, do not be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Humble. uh, Be humble. Thinking of others better than yourselves. Don't look only for your own interests, but take interest in others as well. Put a pen in that, circle that scripture, write that scripture down, Philippians chapter two, three and four, write it down, put a pen in it. So let's now hop over to, um, that's what Paul wrote to the church in Philippi, but let's see what God told Isaiah to tell the people of Israel. So when we go to um, Isaiah 58, Uh, verses six and seven, we find these words. No, this is the kind of fasting I want. Free those who are wrongly imprisoned. Lighten the burden of those who work for you. Let the oppressed go free and remove the chains that bind people share your food with the hungry and give shelter to the homeless, give clothes to those who need them and do not hide from relatives who need your help. How many of us need to, uh, uh, um, really take heed to that very last sentence, right? But when we look at verse seven, share food with, uh, share your food with the hungry, give shelter to the homeless, give clothes to those who need them, and do not hide from relatives who need your help. These are all selfless acts. So God is telling uh, 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 the people of Israel when He's um, admonishing them, because right before this, in verse five, the people of Israel are telling God, "Hey, we're fasting and you're not noticing us. We're doing all this stuff. We're in church. We're in the synagogues. We're in the temple. We're doing this. We're we're paying attention to your teachings and you're not uh, uh, noticing us. What do we have to do to get your?" attention. Does that sound familiar today? How many of us said the prayer of salvation? We're going to church. We're sitting in in, in the church and we do get a sense of sensation when we hear the pastor preach in that moment. But how long does that teaching last in us? How long does that feeling of sensation, that gratitude that we got when the pastor was feeding us that word it's great to be under that word when he is speaking it. It's that that IV drip, right? You go to the hospital, you're feeling bad, you might be dehydrated, so they give you this IV drip. And as they're giving you this IV drip, you start to feel a little bit better, and you start to feel better, and you feel good enough where you can, you know, take the take take the IV out and continue along your way. So that's how Sunday morning is for a lot of us. That's how it was when I was lost in the world. Go in. I'm feeling bad. I'm feeling guilty. I'm feeling bad about something. I go to church. I go to church. I get that IV drip. the 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 pastor is preaching a good word. I feel the energy. I feel the uh, energized. I feel the, the the release from that preaching that he is giving i got that iv drip by the time he's done i feel motivated that i can walk out and i will be okay but the problem is just like when the doctor takes the iv out he sends you on your way you don't continue to drink the water you start to feel dehydrated again sometimes it might take a day sometimes it might take two days sometimes it might take three days but when you leave the church and the pastor's word and and and, and you leave that IV drip. How long does it start? How long does it take before you start to feel lost again? Before you start to feel hopeless again? Before you start to feel uh, abandoned again? Before all those feelings that got you to get into the house of God? Before all those feelings start to rush back again? Brothers and sisters, this is why we say. That being Christian or, uh, 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 yeah, being Christian is not just about going to church. You have to get into this word and start applying this word to your life as often as you can. So you don't have an IV drip from the pastor, but you have the source from God. I, I hope you caught that. So you don't have the IV drip. From the pastor your pastor is spending time with God your pastor is praying and and, and and he's getting that continual that that continuous feed from God your pastor he's studying and he's doing what he can to prepare to give you something good to eat your pastor is doing all that he can to make sure that you have an understanding so you know how you can come to this kitchen and get the same food. The problem is that a lot of us, we're depending on the pastor to continue to serve us when we don't realize we can go to the kitchen ourselves and we can have God as our waiter. God is willing and wanting to serve us on his own but we have to get there we have to be able to be uh uh, uh, available to god now set that aside we're going to come back and talk to that being available to god on this we're talking about the application of being selfless so here we are god is talking about these selfless acts we went to paul paul talked about Don't be selfish. Let me ask you a question. Why do you do what you do for whatever your career is? Why are you a mechanic? Why are you a teacher? Why are you um, a hairdresser? Why are you whatever it is? Why do you do what you do? And if the first thing comes to mind that you're doing it because you like the money you know you think you can be well off okay that's fine but where does that fall under the word that we just read from paul i think that that would fall under verse four that we're looking out for our own self-interest but then you say to me well i have to look out for my own self-interest because i have to have a roof over my head i need to have Food in my stomach. I need to have a place to lay my head. I, I, I need these things. I need to have a car. I need to have money. Uh, if you're single, you want to be dating and enjoying life in this world, in this time that we live in right now. We want to enjoy life. That means going to concerts and going to things. And you need to have money for that. So when you're looking at the career path that you're trying to choose, you will choose that career path with the one that, watch this, will give you the most money with, uh, with the least amount of time devoted to it, right? And that's why people become entrepreneurs because they think, quote unquote, that, you know, they don't mind putting the work in, but the whole purpose of putting that work in now, working those uh, 12, 18, 20 hour days is so once the business is launched and it's moving on its own, you can fall back and you can reap the benefits because you sowed, right? There's a lot of pastors that teach this, that you sow and, and you told, uh, you toil the field, you prep it. So when God adds the increase, you can sit back and reap the benefits of all your hard work. And to a certain extent, there's nothing wrong with that line of, with that line of theology. There's really nothing wrong with that, uh, that not that I can see, right? But if that is the first and foremost thing that you are thinking about when uh, setting up a career, you might want to rethink that because a lot of times, That has nothing to do with your divine purpose. Mm. I hope you caught that. It really has a lot of times the the world will show us how we can make money and how we can be well off and how we can do all this sort of all this good stuff. Right. And, and we would be okay if we just do this, we'll be fine if we just do that. And you go ahead and you do that. And there's a lot of people in this world today, in the United States, all over the world, in the UK, in Ireland, in the Philippines, in Japan. I don't care where you are. There's a lot of people in their countries who are working, very successful, but are not fulfilled. The world got them. You know, and the world kept his promise to them. If they did this, they would not they would not be hurting for anything. And they're doing it. And, and, and they have the money and they have the comforts and they have uh, all the, 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 the luxuries that this world can offer but they're not feeling fulfilled on the inside. It always feels like something is missing. These are these people who are chasing for the next thrill or chasing for something that makes them feel alive on the inside. Well, the problem is, is yeah, they can... Uh, uh, have a they have a place for the lay of their head and they, they're comfortable and they and their bills are paid and they don't have any but since they're not operating in their divine purpose they do not have the fulfillment that comes with that That's because they looked at it just a little bit wrong because they looked at it watch this we hear this say all the time. First, take care of yourself because you can't take care of others until you can take care of yourself first. Right? You got to make sure yourself is right because if, if you're right, then you can help others. That sounds good in theory, but how does that really work out? There's people out there that got themselves straight but now they're in this rat race, in this circle, and they might be given to charities and all that kind of stuff, but they still don't have that fulfillment. They still feel empty inside. I understand that because that's how I felt 15 years ago, 20 years ago chasing after big dreams and want to do big things. And I would get the money and I would have the business, but it would always be short lived because I imploded it. Chasing after something to make me feel like I'm doing something worthwhile. It never really lasts. And I got to the point, and it's always been in my heart and in my spirit to help people, and I got to the point where even when I was trying to help people, it wasn't fulfilling. Probably because I was not operating on my divine purpose or on my divine mission. So, if you became a mechanic because you want to help people get to their jobs on time or pick up their kids and, and 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 you're not you're you're not really interested let the money be an afterthought those mechanics are usually the ones who are honest those mechanics are the ones who don't have big fancy shops but they are satisfied they have a smile on their face and they're joking around with you and they're, oh yeah, we can get this fixed. And they're giving you uh, uh, positive feedback and they're letting you know, hey, everything's going to be okay. Have you ever been to a mechanic shop and and the mechanic is in a, mm, one of these cars again and everything you heard negative, well, I, you know, these cars have all these kind of problems blah, 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 and they're rumbling and grumbling and yeah, I can handle it, but uh, it might take me this or it might take me that, um, you know, I just, uh, whatever the case may be, they're rumbling and they're grumbling. Could they fix it? Yeah. But you're hearing the emptiness inside. You're hearing the, yeah, maybe I got into the wrong profession. They have the skill sets, they can do the job, but they don't feel like they're really happy in doing that job. But then you go to another mechanic who greets you with a smile. They take a look at your car and say, OK, wait, listen, I know this is going to be kind of rough and this is going to be a big job, but we can get through this. It's going to be OK. This is what you need. This is what's going to take. And you feel comfortable in dealing with that mechanic because why? He's being fulfilled. And that's coming out in his attitude because he didn't get into it. He didn't get in this to provide. He got into this to help. Watch this. There's a story in the Bible. And um, I was preparing for this lesson since yesterday, and I was asking God, uh, where should I go? And so this morning, as I'm driving, doing my deliveries, God brought this story to my, uh, 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 to my forefront of my mind, and to my remembrance, and in this story, he pointed out some things. So I don't have the scriptures because he brought it to me while I was driving, and you know I got back here just in time to do this. But I will tell you the synopsis of the story, and it's the story with the little boy. It says, um, I don't know if it says little boy or if it just says a boy um, with the two, uh, two fish and five loaves of bread. Right. And so here, uh, Jesus and the disciples come, uh, to where this little boy is and he, he's minding his own business, but there's a crowd of people and the disciples are just having a conversation with Jesus to send the people away cause it's getting late and they have to go and get some food. They got, you know, they have to, we don't have enough food. We don't have enough money to feed all these people. Right. And so here's this little boy that has two fish and five loaves of boy of bread. I keep on saying, little boy, I don't know if he's a little boy because here's the thing. The disciples approach this little boy in order to uh, see, you know, if he would help him out, right? Watch this. If he's a teenage boy, which I suspect that he is, little boys, when, when it comes to children, boys are decevious, right when they're small they won't eat a whole lot when they're uh 10 11 and 12 they'll eat a little bit but when those teenage years come along right now you they're eating you out of house and home so the reason why i say he has to be a teenager because he has two fish and five loaves of bread for one boy he has to be a teenager he's in that his, his mom probably said man here take this fish take this bread and get out <laughs> just go somewhere right so here he is about to have his lunch here's these crowd of people and here's this dude named Jesus of Nazareth he might have heard about it he might not he might not have been plugged in and they say hey can we have your lunch now If you're a teenager, you might, you might give up one loaf, maybe two, but to give up all five loaves and two fish your whole lunch, Mm, that's kind of hard to happen. And that's, that's not going to happen right off the bat. Right. But here's the thing through his selfless act, God was able to operate. The young man gave up his two fish, five loaves of bread, and he was able to eat. 5,000 other people was able to eat with something left over. When we act out of selflessness, you find that God starts to multiply the things in your atmosphere, you find that you will have the resources not only to take care of yourself, but to take care of others around you. That's where that spirit of fulfillment can come from when you start to act out of selflessness and not self. I always mess this up. Selfishness, right? Try to say that three times fast. Both of those words. But that is the thing. So when Paul is writing to the uh, church in Philippi and says, don't be selfish, verse 3 starts out, don't be selfish. He's trying to, he's trying to warn you, don't come in with this selfish attitude. It start, and it starts right there. See, this is what I mean, how the world has groomed us to be away from God. My parents, my grandparents, everybody from teachers, everybody, even people in the church, have told me, you have to take care of yourself so you can take care of others. Take care of yourself first, and you can take care of others. So I worked most of my life trying to take care of myself I spent most of my time trying to take care of myself, taking shortcuts, and it didn't do in me anything good. That messed up. Nothing good came out of it. Because I never really satisfied myself. I never thought I would ever be in a position to help anybody else because there's one crisis over here, then another crisis over there, and then another crisis over here. And then I put out a fire over here, and then I got to go here and, and deal with this, and then I have to deal with that. Never really feeling that I was ever in a real position to help somebody. But then my decisions, my decision-making stemmed from that mind thought says, let me do this so I can have enough money to do that. Because that's the seed that was planted in me. Oh, I can make a lot of money doing this. So let me do this. So if I have enough money, I can do the things that I want to do and take care of the people I want to take care of. It's simple logic. It makes sense. But in doing that, Because I want more money and I want more resources and I want to be comfortable and I want to help people. Believe it or not, that is not selfless thinking. That's selfish thinking. When I'm selfish, I'm thinking about myself first, then everybody else second. When I'm selfless, I'm thinking about everybody else first. Let me take care. Let me see how I can help somebody else first. And rely on God to take care of me. And I will tell you. In the past seven years. That has worked out a whole lot better. Than it did in the previous 35 years. To put my trust in God to take care of me so I can take care of somebody. I don't I don't have to have a lot of money sometimes to take care of somebody else is just to sit by them and have a conversation with them sometimes to take care of somebody else is just to give them a bottle of water just yesterday um, one of the restaurants that I deal with, um, a lot, I pick up from, I pick up from them a whole lot. And, um, I walked in there and I was really thirsty. And so I went, I walked into the restaurant and to get, um, to pick up an order and I asked the manager, I said, Hey, do you mind if I get, um, a cup of water? He said, no, I'm not going to give you a cup. I'm going to give you one of these bottled waters. A cup of water is free for them, but he's like, you know, I'm going to give you a bottle of water. I thought it was odd, but I said, okay, thanks. I grabbed the bottle of water, and uh, somebody else stopped me, and they were talking to me, and I was like, dude, I got to go and deliver this food. So I'm rushing out. I put the bottle of water um, in the cup holder. I put the food in the seat next to me, and I'm taking off because I want to get the food there on time. And so I'm stopped at a light, and there's a homeless man. And he comes, he knocks on the window and he asks for money. I says, sorry, sir, I don't have any, I don't have any cash on me. And he says, do you mind if I can have that bottle of water? I said, sure. Without thinking about it, I gave him the bottle of water. In that selfless act, (laughs) watch this. I went and did that delivery. The next delivery I had after that, Ended up being a big order and then when I stopped again and I went to go and get some water I stopped to get some water and the lady in the supermarket said here just take it the cash registers down can't get it to work is that all you want I was like you give me some more stuff she said no I said all I want is the water so she said here just take it. And so, not only did I get the water for free, God will multiply when you start to act out of selflessness. And God, and and you're doing it from a pure heart. There is no ulterior motive, there is no self interest. You're not doing it so that God could owe you a favor. It it doesn't work like that. You're doing it because you truly just want to help somebody, somebody that is in need at that very moment. When you have that true that true selfless act from the heart God starts to it's immediate God starts to move in your life and that's what he was telling the people of Israel in uh, in Isaiah 58 6 and 7 he says <clears throat> watch this he says no this is not the kind of fasting i want and that's verse that's the first sentence in verse six He says, no, that's not the kind of fasting I want, because remember, in five, they're asking, hey, we're doing all this stuff, all this religious acts. Let me let me just call that out. All this religious acts. They're going through the motions and God's saying you're going through those motions and yet you're still fighting. You're still quarreling. You're still deceiving each other. You're still stealing from each other. The religious acts don't mean anything without the heart behind it. And so he says, no. This is what the kind of fasting that I want. And then I'm going to jump down to verse seven. Share your food with the hungry. Give shelter to the homeless. Give food to those, um, give clothes to those in need. And do not hide from relatives who are in need. In other words, start to act uh, selflessly from the heart. And then he goes on to say, "Mm," I want to make sure I tell you right. I'm going to go to um, 8. Watch this. Oop, wrong one. Uh, there we go. I want to click that. Then verse 8 and 9. Watch this. After you do all that, verse 7 was, let me, re- just because it broke my concentration, verse 7 was, Share your food with the hungry, give shelter to the homeless, give clothes to those who, are, who need them, and don't hide from relatives who need your help. That's verse 7. And then he comes in, this is the Lord speaking, in verse 8 and says, then your salvation will will come like the dawn and your wounds will quickly heal your godliness will lead you forward and the glory of the lord will protect you from behind wait so when i start to act in a selfless manner then the salvation that i have will start to shine forth then all those all the pain all the hurt that I had will start to heal watch this then the godliness will lead you lead uh, lead me forward then the glory oh glory the glory of the Lord will protect me from behind and now God is saying then that's an important word right there then watch circle it underline it highlight it then when you call, when when you call the Lord will answer. Yes, here I am. So wait, 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 wait. Watch this. When you start to act in a selfless manner, then salvation starts to show up in your life. When you you are acting in a selfless manner, your godliness starts to shine forth. When you act in a selfless manner, you now have the protection from God. When you Act in a selfless manner. God is listening to you. Not me saying this. This is your word. This is the word of God. Plain, white and black. The page is white. The words are black. When you read it, you can't miss it. God says, then... When you call, the Lord will answer. Yes, here I am. He will quickly reply. Remove the heavy yoke of oppression. Stop pointing your fingers and, and spreading vicious rumors. It's imperative. Listen, like I said, our mindset, from birth, from home. And listen, I'm not saying that our parents were wrong. Our parents are bad. These are bad people. Not saying that at all. No, my mom and dad are lovely people. I love them to death. They're awesome people. These are just, it just made sense. It made sense for most of my life. If somebody has told me what I'm telling you now, I would say, man, don't listen to that, dude. He's crazy. How are you supposed to take care of other people if you can't take care of yourself? Isn't that the question you asked yourself when I started this? It doesn't make sense, right? But I remember that the word of the Lord says, that his whole purpose was to confuse those who think that they were wise. That's where your faith, remember, we talked about living a life of faith. And then in living that life of faith, we had the three B's and that first one was believe and in believe we had to trust God. You see how the world wants to oversimplify this Christian thing. But this Christian thing is nowhere near simple. This Christian thing is a lifestyle. It's a mindset and it's a mindset that starts from whatever action that you want to take. if you are looking at your career, if you're looking at making a career change, asking, you have, you have to start off with asking yourself why. And if it's starting with, well, I need to have more money to take care of, then you might want to rethink that. If it's, If the answer to that is I'm not being fulfilled in the job that I'm doing right now, and I'm tired of bumping my head against the wall, I want to, I I want to operate in my purpose. Well, that's something that that's a road you want to continue to explore and go down. That's a, that's a change worth making. As a Christian. Our value is not in how much money we make per hour. Our value is in how many people we can help in a day. Our true worth as Christians is I want to be a blessing to somebody today. I want to help somebody today. And I'm always amazed. Mm -hmm. I shouldn't say I'm always amazed. Let me let me let me change that. I'm increasingly amazed On when I look back and I sit back and I reflect on the conversations that I had throughout the weeks, throughout the month with different people. And I see God operating in my life. I have a friend. He does the same thing I do. Doing deliveries. And I had a conversation with him. I think it was Friday night. Yeah, it was Friday night. I had a conversation with him where he was telling, where he was telling me, like, if the order, he don't care where he picks up from, but if the order doesn't have X amount of dollars on it, then um, he doesn't do it. Uh, I said, okay. And he asked me what my process was. I was like, well, I do care where the orders come from. Um, My standards are a little bit different but I don't pick up from fast food restaurants. I mean, that's just just not going to do it. But at the same time, for the restaurants that I am dealing with, that I work with, if they're in a tight, I will help them out. If an order comes through, and it's been sitting on their uh, table for a long time, and I happen to be in the restaurant, and they ask me to take it, I'll take it. Even if it goes below what I wouldn't normally take so oh man you can't do that you can gas prices wear and tear on your car the whole nine yards well then when we, when we start talking about how much money we make in a week it was astonishing to me that his average was about $20 an hour He works all day. My average is about $30 an hour. And I work six hours a day. God as God multiplies in selfless acts. As a Christian, my thing isn't how much money I can get from this. My thing is, how is this going to benefit somebody today? Because my worth isn't in the number of zeros I have in the bank account. Because it hardly ever goes over three zeros. (laughs) but my worth is because I'm in because I show up can I help somebody attain something that they were trying to achieve can I help somebody achieve their goal how can I be of service today literally point blank Super simple. How can I be of service today? I walked into the restaurant that I was delivering to today. They were slammed, overburdened with a number of orders. <clears throat> I turned to the uh, manager and said, why didn't you call? I'd definitely come in. Her reply was, You always show up when I call, I don't want to be a burden. My worth is allow me to, allow me to help. Don't have a lot of money in the bank, but I feel fulfilled. Still have a little bit of money issues, but they don't bother me and they don't keep me from uh, uh, sleeping well at night. This house, blessed and highly favored, because we operate in selflessness and not in selfishness. Ooh, I said it right, <laughs> brothers and sisters. My time is all but up. I hope something was said on this broadcast today. We're going to take our time and, and continue to go through what Christianity is, and we have a few more um, points to make out. We're going to be done with selflessness, and we're going to go on to the next thing Monday morning, our Monday afternoon um, at our next uh, session. But I hope if you have any questions or if you have any concerns, please go ahead. Or any comments, go ahead and email us um, at ministers at risinghopeministries.org. I will respond. And I appreciate you. Um, and I appreciate all your comments, all your concerns, all your questions. Amen. Listen, I'm going to say the prayer of salvation. And I know when we're talking, especially in these last couple of weeks, it seems like I'm railing against the church and, and all this kind of stuff. I'm not, the church does have a purpose. And I do believe that, um, being a part of a godly church is a benefit to a Christian. I just want you to realize that there just don't go through it just because. God's not paying attention just because you show up to church. God's not paying attention because you have your name in a pew. Not happening. But when you're in that church, be there for a purpose. Know what that purpose is. If you've never said the prayer of salvation before, I want you to understand why it's important to say the prayer of salvation today. Giving your life to Christ today signals that you are ready to make the change that is necessary to become a child of God, to be held accountable to what God says. He says he chose you. You didn't choose him. He chose you. The reason why you have this nagging feeling is because God is pricking at you saying, come on, join, join, be a part. We want you. We want you. Isn't it good to know that God wants you to be a part of his family, but to be a part of that family means that you have to be accountable for the change in your life. So when you say the prayer of salvation it's saying, hold me accountable. You're asking me accountable to what God says. We have to be holy because he is holy. So he's holding us accountable to his standard of living. Does he expect us to make it? No, but he does expect us to strive for it. And being a part of a body of Christ is me as a brother in the faith, holding you accountable to the things that you said you're weak in. And you holding me accountable the things that i said i'm weak in there's no one greater than anyone in the body of christ we can hold each other accountable and we can all enjoy the benefits of heaven when the day when the day of our lord and savior returns so today if you feel that prick if you feel god pricking you telling you come join 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 Say the prayer of salvation with me right here, right now. Don't worry about having to get right and trying to be perfect. No, no, no. Let's work on that together. Please pray with me. Heavenly Father, I come before your throne of grace. Today, I confess all my sins the ones that I know about, and even the ones. I have forgotten. Please forgive me of these, my many sins. Have mercy upon me, most merciful father. Today, Lord, I believe in my heart and I confess with my mouth that Jesus Christ is the son of God, that he died on the cross for my sins and after three days god the father raised him from the dead and today jesus is alive and well sitting at the right hand of god the father thank you jesus for paying a price that i could not pay on my own please be the lord of my life in jesus name i pray Amen. Brothers and sisters, if that's the first time you've ever said that prayer, please email us at ministers at risinghopeministries.org. We appreciate you and we thank God for you. Thank you for trusting God enough to make the change that's necessary in your life. But here's the thing that prayer is the first step of, I'm sorry, That prayer is a very important step. It's the very first step that needs to happen. The second step is just as important. You need to learn the teachings of Jesus Christ. How can you apply something that you don't know? You might know of Christ, but you don't know the teachings of Jesus Christ. So now your next job is to find a good church home. If you're in the Savannah area, you have a, you have a great man of God and Bishop Byron Curry in, uh, Savannah life in the word kingdom ministries. He'd be more than happy to welcome you. If you're in the Atlanta area, St. Philip AME church where the pastor is William D. Watley. he will be more than happy to have you. I can recommend both these churches because one St. Philip is my home church. And I love my church family. They're awesome. And Pastor Wally is an awesome man of God. Uh, Life in the Word Kingdom Ministry, Bishop Byron Curry, is a good friend of mine. I trust him. And I believe that he is a true man of God. His teachings, his healthy teachings, are awesome and they're great. And you can learn a lot from them. Find yourself a good church home. People of God who are willing to hold you accountable to the change that you said you're willing to make. Brothers and sisters, I appreciate you and your time. We will not we will return on Monday. We don't do Fridays anymore. We will return on Monday. And I think Thank God for you. I hope to see you then. We will be here tomorrow morning for morning prayer and we'll have morning prayer on Saturday and Sunday. So I hope to see you there as well. God bless you. Know that I love you. Know that the ministers of Rising Hope Ministries love you, but you have to know that you know above all else that God loves you even more. Be blessed on today. Enjoy the rest of your thankful Thursday. God bless you. Glory to the Lamb of God that taketh away the sins of the world Come on, let's give God some praise Hallelujah, come on, let's give God some praise Let's magnify the name of the Lord Listen, listen, I need us to understand love Love just don't bless you and make you happy. Speak in tongues when you run around. Love corrects you. Cut God a it. Love puts you in check. Love causes you to look at what's doctrine and what love does is reprove you and correct you. That's what real love do. the enemy is not coming for one individual he's coming for the body of christ